It's good to have you all this morning, and uh, welcome to Community of Faith Christian Fellowship. My name is Jeff Bianchi, and I'm the lead pastor here. We are, uh, we are in a series here, and we kicked it off last week. Did you enjoy last week? Talking about uh, a place for sinners. We're in a place for all people is the name of this series, as you can see the graphic up here. We uh, want to reflect, um, I read uh, Revelation uh, chapter 7 and verse 9 last week, describing a picture of every tribe, every tongue, every people before the throne of God and uh, the grace of God being upon uh, each and every one. We want to be a picture as a church of every tribe, tongue, and nation gathered together around God's throne. Everyone represented around this throne and level ground at the cross. Um, we, uh, this series is not as much, I spoke last week, about bringing um, all people here on Sunday mornings, though we desire more and more people to come and be with us and be a part of us, but it is about us as a people creating places of grace in our city and throughout our city, in our schools, in our workplaces, um, in our neighborhoods, where people can have a taste of what God uh, is all about. <clears throat> Uh, Neil Crook and I were speaking this week, a friend of mine here, and he said, uh, we just kind of described it as the prayer of Jesus. When he said, uh, uh, he described to the disciples how they would pray, he said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's really what we want to see. We want as a church and as people, every single place that we go throughout our city, to be conduits that what's going on in heaven happens on earth. As some folks might be familiar with a book entitled, When Heaven Invades Earth, that's what we want to be about. Being a people that see the heavenly reality uh, brought to earth everywhere that we go. And uh, we want to be a place for all people. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't just die for some? Jesus didn't just come for some. But He came for us all. And whoever would say yes to Jesus, He welcomes with open arms. Whoever would surrender to Him and give their life to Him. Um, what is a place of grace? I said it before. It's like a spiritual biosphere. It's a place that we create um, where people around us, let's say you're at your school and you're in your, um, in your class at school and you, where you are, through praying for those that are seated around you and through acting in loving and compassionate ways toward them, you begin to create, uh, or actually you're not the one that creates it, but you begin to be a conduit of bringing that grace, bringing that, that everywhere we go in our city, we should be spiritual thermostats, those who change the temperature spiritually from um, hate and rejection and fear and all of this into love, joy, peace and patience, goodness and everything that the Lord would have. So, um, and then what we do as we go throughout our city proclaiming a, gr- a place for all people, then we come together in our faith groups, our small groups that were mentioned today. And we come together throughout our city, and, I mean, uh, in our faith groups and on our Sunday mornings, and we proclaim the goodness of God that's been going on all throughout the week. We're going to continue discussing in this series uh, all sorts of fun topics, a place for families, a place for the rich and the poor, a place for uh, all races, nations, and languages. But today we're going to discuss the topic, a place for singles, a place for singles. 
We're going to see today as we look at the Word of God that we want to become and how we can become a place where singles fit, where singles fire us up for God, and where singles help move us forward as a people into our destiny in God. You ready to move forward and look at what God says about singles? Well, let me give you a little of my personal testimony. I think you'll appreciate it. I myself... uh, and um, I myself, in my own life, was single until the age of 36. Sarah and I got married yesterday. No, that's not true. Twelve years ago, I got married, and uh, it was a glorious time. But I was single myself until I was 36 years of age. And I understand a bit of what it means to be single in, uh, in a church environment and among a people of God. I, as a matter of fact, was so known for my singleness at one point, (laughs) that a friend of mine, upon learning, much to his chagrin, that another couple around got engaged, you know, I mean, you want to be happy for them, but I mean, it was like, you know, anyway, another group, another couple got engaged, he was happy for them, sad for himself, so he wrote this song, it actually was more of a lament, actually, a lament, a blues song, whatever you want to call it. And he had the gall, he had the audacity to make me play it with congas, you know, these little uh, congas in the back, while he played this song at the engagement party. He said, Jeff, you've got to play this song with me. Uh, I wrote it. It's a lament. It's telling how I really feel. Well, let me, would you like me to sing that song for you? Yes or no? You really want to hear that song? I'm not saying I sing like some of these guys, but I'll give it a shot. Okay. <clears throat> So he starts out, and I'm back a little, you know, kind of nervous or sad. But you'll, you'll know why. Let me sing it. Everybody's getting married. Everybody's getting married. Except for me. And Jeff Bianchi. Yes? That is a song, that's a real song written at one time. They felt that the only other person not getting married, the only other person was me. So I understand you to some degree in this place if you're single. I forgive him for making me play in that band. That is not kind, is it? You know, there are quite a few things about being single in my single days, I'm going to talk a little more about that, that I enjoyed. Uh, And many of you may enjoy those things. I loved the flexibility. Man, how about this one? I was uh, here in my early 30s. I had moved here to Boston, been here a couple of years. I was helping with a, a yard sale. That's what you call them here, right? That's what we call them. I was helping with a yard sale, and I get a phone call. It was probably the first year I ever had a cell phone. Because I, I remember getting it there on my Nokia. You remember those old Nokias? <laughs> anyway, so I was on my cell phone, and um, my buddy called from Wisconsin. Sorry for those from Minnesota out there. Yes, it was Wisconsin. And I'm told, I call it a lake house. Um, I was told by someone from uh, Wisconsin that it's a cottage. Okay, so anyway, he was from at this cottage. He and his wife, of course they were married because everybody's get. Anyway, my buddy from college calls me. He says, hey, Bianc. That's what he used to call. 
Uh, he used to call me. He still does. Hey, Bianc, man, we're out here. We're eating caramel collision. That was our favorite ice cream, man. We're, we're down at uh, Scoopers eating caramel collision. We're out on the lake. We're in our boat. What's going on, man? And I, I said, I don't know. I want to be there with you. Um, okay. So I hang up the phone. I buy a ticket. I pack my stuff. And by nighttime, I'm eating dinner with them and eating caramel collision at the, the cottage in Wisconsin. The flexibility was awesome. You don't do that when you have four kids, you know. <laughs> hey, babe, we're going to actually, um, for some reason, I had enough money uh, to get a quick ticket for a decent price. But, man, I love the flexibility. I just, I just went. You ever done that? Yeah, I've seen you, some of you out there, singles, that do that. <clears throat> there were a few things, though, let's get honest, that I didn't like about being single, especially as I got a little bit older. Here's a few things that I didn't enjoy. The part of the weddings, I don't, we don't do it as much here in the Northeast, but in the South, there's a thing with the garter, right? And the, and the um, groomsmen always catch the garter. And I think with the women, if they catch the bouquet, they're the next to get married or something, and then it's kind of the same with the garter. Well, you know, I didn't enjoy that part because everybody's, Bianca, come on, man. I'm tired of everybody getting married but you. Get up there. I didn't like that. I didn't like people 10 years younger than me saying things like this. Jeff, I waited so long. Man, I waited so long to meet the right person. I really had my, I was just, you know, I was just focused on that. And and then I turned my eyes on Jesus. And the right person came right along. We got married. I mean, I waited so, I wanted to pop them in the nose, man. I'm like, you did not wait so long. And you need to repent. Well, I didn't actually say that, but no way. You did not wait long. I still need a little counseling. Any professional counselors out there? I'll meet you afterwards. (laughs) I didn't like seeing my friends uh, all getting married and feeling like everybody else was moving on in life, having their own families. And I was helping them, joyful for them, but I seemed to be stuck I didn't like dealing with male female dynamics while single <laughs> no I did not like that uh, I I didn't mind it in a lot of ways because I had a lot of friends men and women but there was confusion in the mix um, I remember my sister told me one time that she had had several girls come up and say Jeff I've had girls come she's a couple years older than me she said I've had several girls come up to me and tell me you like them what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just saying hi. I'm asking how they're, how's your heart doing or something like that. Okay, obviously. But I didn't like all the dynamics I had to deal with, right? I mean, uh, you still have dynamics, believe me. There's dynamics. Any married people out there want to say there's still dynamics? Uh-huh. Relational dynamics, but they are at times greater when you're single. You're, you know, every situation, you're just kind of figuring things. I didn't like the fear of others' opinions of, of why I was single as I started getting older. I didn't like that. Um, maybe others. But uh, I, I was more concerned about what they thought about me than what they really thought about me. But it was an introspective kind of thing. So there were a few things about being single I did not like. So I'm just letting you know, I understand a bit about this topic. Have you ever had a song named after you? Come on. As I speak honestly today, though, I want to say I have been married for 12 years and I have recognized that I have a short memory sometimes. 
And even as a pastor, as someone who was single for 36 years, I realized in preparing this message that I need a fresh understanding of how we can become a place for singles. I need a fresh understanding of what it means to honor singles for who they are in our midst. And I will be profuse with the asking of you to forgive me if I have ever not uh, uh, forgotten, so to speak, where I've come from and what I'm about. We're going to talk here. The, the issue of singleness, obviously, is a big, is a big issue in our day. Um, an article written on CityLab.com entitled, Singles Now Make Up More Than Half. Can you say Half. Half. The U.S. adult population. Here's where they all live, it says, okay. I'm not going to tell you where they all live, but I'm going to quote this. It's by Richard Florida, September 15th, 2014. The United States is now a nation of singles. Single people make up just over half of all American adults for the first time since the statistics have been collected, according to a study reported by Bloomberg last week. But which states and metros have the highest and lowest shares? Well, it goes on to talk about that. But it says that um, the Martin Institute colleague, Charletta Melander, crunched the U.S. census figures um, on the share of American adults who are single, divorced, or never married. According to these, there were 128.2 million singles in the U.S. last year, or 51.2% of the population. Now, I want to acknowledge that some of these some of people are not living as singles. They are living cohabitating together. So I understand that those numbers can be skewed a bit. But we are dealing with over half of the adult population is not married. Are living in some form, or whatever you want to call it, of singleness. And something I realize is if we're not serving the needs of single people as a church, if, if we are not ever increasingly becoming a place for singles, then... Um, Uh, I think we're failing in being a place for all people. (laughs) If we're talking in this series about being a place for all people, over 50% of people that are adults, I don't know what they mean by adults. I think it actually starts a little lower than 18, but but 50% are single people. And we, as a church, desire to create places where singles fit, where singles fire us up for Jesus, And we're singles, move us forward into our destiny. Let's look here. What does God say about being single? You know, there's a lot of things people can say, but why don't we look at what God says? You you open for that today? This is the first question we must ask. And we can see what he says by looking at a few passages in the Bible. Look here with me. Uh, I want to say this thing first and then look at this passage. Singles, as do all people, have a need for community. Say community. You need it, I need it. We all need it. Genesis 2, 15 through 18. Let's look at this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. You know, even before sin entered the picture, and that's Genesis chapter 3, this is Genesis chapter 2, even before sin came around, the um, reality of the matter is that something wasn't good. What wasn't good? Even before sin, being alone, right? We all have a need for community. God Himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
three in one live in a form of community and they're reproducing that throughout this world. So singles, as do all people, have a need for community. Everyone, single or married, has a desperate need for community and do not do well on their own. We do not do well as individuals on our own. We do not do well as couples on our own. We do not do well as families on our own. We need the interaction of others. Marriage is one answer, as you see here. This was God. This was a major answer for this problem of, of, of being alone. But marriage is not the only answer to the problem of being alone. Community, living and life-giving community with other people is, is given to us, and God has formed it through the, through the church that Jesus died and bled for. The church is a form of community that heals our aloneness. Does it mean we never feel alone? <laughs> no. Uh, I can ask uh, a bunch of you married folks out there, do you ever feel alone? You still do, I know. Because we all deal with that point and place in our hearts. But the community of God, we all need it. Singles need community, married people need community, but it is possible to have community in the body of Christ, the church. The second thing about being single that God says is to remain single is a good choice. Now, I say the word remain here, right? Let me read this passage here, Matthew 19 and verses 10 through 12. The disciples said to him, this is Jesus, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry. Let me stop here for a second and explain. Jesus is talking about the issue of divorce. And He's talking about um, they're trying to trap Him in His words. And He's mentioning the fact that if you divorce and you get remarried, you are committing adultery. Okay, And so they're responding here. If this is the situation, it's better not to marry. Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. If you do not understand what a eunuch is, I'm not going to explain that to you today, but you can look that up online. Those who have been made by man, those who were born that way, or those who choose to live as eunuchs, those who are choosing to live this single life because of the kingdom of God. To remain single is a good choice. To live as single is a good choice, but it's not one that everyone can make. Now, as I say that, I feel some emotions rising up. (laughs) Some emotions coming from some who say, back off, buddy. I didn't make this choice to be single. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. It is, at times, a difficult call when you get older and go further in life, but Um, being single is a good choice. Some of you in the congregation might say, how is being single good if I didn't choose it? I didn't really choose to be single. I just haven't had the opportunity to get married. Well, that's a good question. And I'm not going to give you an easy answer on it. But I will say, granted, you may not have chosen to be single at this time. But you can choose. God gives grace to choose contentment in this season. I don't say that lightly. I don't say that in a patronizing way in any way, shape, or form. It is hard sometimes to be single. Just as it is hard sometimes to be married. (laughs) But there's a reality that it is hard sometimes. But there is grace as long as God has chosen for you to remain single and those who have chosen it by by, um, obedience to God and what they feel. 
then it is good. And it is an abil- there's an ability for us to walk in contentment. I sent an email out this week um, to a number of singles in our church. You want to hear a couple of these things that they had to say? I'll tell you the question I asked them. I said, what is it like to be single at CFCF? What a dangerous question. You know, a lot of them shared many positive things about being a single. And uh, I'll share one or two of those today. Many people did. But there were some real heart-searching things that were spoken. One person said it this way. So remaining single is a good choice. This person said, I feel accepted most of the time. But sometimes, very few, I'm invisible. I feel like I'm invisible. And that just may be my own insecurities peeking through. Lastly, it feels like I'm probably never going to meet a guy at our church. The options are few. A sort of hopeless feeling. But in the end, I know I'm surrounded by a body of believers that love me and support me and who are for me. You know, this person's dealing with a real issue. (laughs) This is a real issue. That's what it means to be a place for all peoples. You have real issues. (laughs) But you deal with them through the lens of Jesus and the lens of His church. And this person does feel hopeless at times. As if it's not a choice. But this woman has chosen to choose contentment during this season of waiting in her life. And I want to say, I applaud you, young lady. (laughs) However, as being single is good, it's not always easy. So we see singles have a need for community. Singles, to remain single is a good choice. And to live as a single can be spiritually beneficial. I'm going to go quickly through this. It says here, Paul speaking in 1 Corinthians, I would like you to be free from concern. Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. Say divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. Well, here we go. I'm not going to go with the rest of that. I think you get the gist. But it is spiritually beneficial. It can be. It's not always a guarantee of that. It can be spiritually beneficial to remain single. Paul the Apostle uh, states that. And I want to talk about how being single can be spiritually beneficial. The first point here is that singles... Uh, I want to say, uh, share this about singles. Singles, it's beneficial because singles have an important role in our church. They fit in in the church and they help the church fit together. Singles fit in in our church, and they help the church fit together. Singles, by the way, will always... This is an interesting one. Singles will always fit in the church. Marrieds are the ones that are going to have to adjust. What did Jesus say? When, they, when, um, when folks started talking to Him about uh, some other folks were trying to get Him to caught in a lie, or not in a lie, but getting to... Uh, get him to trip up in what he said. Jesus said, hold it. You got this whole thing wrong. Do you not know when we live in eternity, none of us will be married? We will all be single. We will be devoted to the Lord. So the way I look at it, singles always fit in the church because they, sit in the, they fit in the eternal church of God. You always fit no matter what. It doesn't always feel that way, but you do. Singles act as spiritual connectors. Without singles, the church would be incomplete. Singles play a very important role due to their flexibility in connecting the church together. My kids have this thing called, um, my two boys, they're called um, 
connectors and what are those called? Rods and connectors or something like that. And, and the rods are really nice, but they don't do anything unless they have the connectors. They can make really beautiful things. We made a boat one time. We made all kinds of fun things. But singles act as spiritual connectors due to their flexibility. They're able to connect a lot of things. When you get married, you move slowly. Slow down. You slow down. I don't know. I've got four children now and a wife. And I mean, to get out of the house is a miracle. It is an absolute. You just even think about it. You're in bed. You're thinking, how are we going to do this? You've got to have a... You've got to have an organizer of all organizers, praise God for my wife, to even get out of bed and get going. So singles, though, I'll say another thing. So they act as connectors, but they're also like spiritual bees. Everybody buzz out there. Okay. Only a few of you did. Oh, well. You're like, well, I don't know what you're about to talk about. (laughs) I'm not necessarily agreeing with you. Singles can act as spiritual bees in the church. Okay. Pardon the way I'm putting it, but... I think they do. When you're in a family, like I said, you really slow down. You're walking real slow. But singles, man, they can interact quickly with people all over the body of Christ. They're in and out of our homes. They can be um, doing all sorts of things, and they're connecting, and they're pollinating. What does a bee do? He takes the pollen, and he takes the pollen from one flower to another. And singles, man, they can pollinate the entire church. Because they're very flexible. They can go into a home and say, let me get that nectar of kindness from your family and take it over here to this family and infuse it and get that nectar of servanthood from this family and take it over here. You get the idea? Well, at least act like you got the idea. Do you get the idea? Okay. (laughs) Another person answered the question this this way this week. uh, What's it like to be single? God can provide and fill places that would otherwise be difficult if I were in a relationship. Both the church and the individual wins if I choose to press in. Well, now that's interesting. But another person, while mentioning being blessed by community at CFCF, said it this way. I just want to say ouch before I read this. Ouch. This is going to hurt. While no one explicitly has ever said it to me, there seems to be different levels of achievement that one can obtain at CFCF. Namely, getting married is one level up from being single. And then having kids is the real gold standard of what it means to live out God's call on all Christians' lives. That breaks my heart to hear it. But I know the reality is some people felt that way. This person feels that way. And it breaks my heart. And I pray that today would be a step for us as a church to say no longer... No longer will singles feel second class in the church. Singles don't feel second class in the world. They feel second class in the church. And it's time for us to change that so we can reach the world more effectively. Not only reach the world more effectively, but so that we can minister the love of Jesus. I want to say it loud and clear today. And I repent where I have done this. I have. I know in different ways I've probably given this impression. Even though I felt that and it broke my heart when I was single for so many years. Singles are not second-class citizens. Contrary to popular opinion, getting married is not the overarching goal of the Christian life. I do want to say this. Getting married is holy. It represents Christ and the church to the world. 
It's a very holy thing. It also allows a fulfilling of God's command to multiply, to be fruitful, and to multiply. It is a holy call to be married, but it is a holy call to be single. And if that's for your whole life, it is a holy and precious call. Let me talk about a couple of folks that uh, get the um, that answer that for us. And I know you've heard these before, but how about Jesus? Oh my goodness, the author and perfecter of our faith, the foundation stone of the entire church. He was not married. He did not get married. He remained pure. He remained given to God. I would say his was not. Do you call Jesus? Do we call Jesus calling a second class calling? No way. Jesus could only fulfill that full measure of calling. And I believe some people do remain single because there are certain things that need a spiritual, um, for lack of a better term, a eunuch. Someone that is chosen to be single for the purpose of Jesus. Look at Paul the Apostle. Paul, the one that was used by God to establish the church throughout the entire Roman world, stayed single his whole life because there is an issue. There is an issue And it's not a bad issue. I'm all for marriage. (laughs) I'm all for kids. I'm living proof (laughs) myself. But there is an issue of double, of not double mindedness, but a lack of focus at times or or an absolute measure of focus that is given to someone who remains single. It is not a second class calling, nor should it ever be considered that way. Singles play an important role. And we're going to finish up here pretty quickly. Singles also fire us up in the church. Single people, as we read earlier, have the ability to live in undivided devotion to Jesus, giving themselves to God. And uh, they've also, they can spend a lot of time in prayer, in the Word, and in service. I spend a lot of time in prayer and in the Word. I really do. But sometimes I'm praying with a poopy diaper. I'm praying while I'm changing a poopy diaper, or I'm cleaning a dish, or I'm, you know, and it is... I'm glad for all the times when I was single that I learned how to concentrate on Jesus in the very center of my heart so that now that everything is chaos quite a bit of the time, I can focus in on Him at every point, carry the sanctuary of my heart and be in communion. But single people fire us up for God. Jesus fires me up for Jesus. And so did Paul. And so do you single people out here. I'm proud of you for going for Jesus. I'm proud of you when your heart has hurt. Because you want to have that person. I understand that feeling. And I say, I'm proud of you for going for Jesus. I'm proud of you for not giving up. You get the idea? He's more proud of you than I am. When I was single, it was a great time in my life to store up in God's Word and prayer. And much of that person that I am today has been formed through single years of me fasting, praying, and seeking God with all my heart. When I had other options, I said, you know, there's a lot of other things people are excellent at. I want to be excellent at God. (laughs) I'm going to give myself to the Word. I'm going to give myself to prayer. Maybe others are doing other things. It's just like if you want to be excellent at anything, you give yourself when others are not. When others are sleeping, you're giving yourself to God. When others are doing this, that, and the other, you give yourself to God. Praise Jesus. But I want to say, here's an example I received about singles firing up the rest of the body of Christ for Jesus. This, this week, it's today. I'm, I'm encouraged. Dear CFCF families, we would like to invite you to join us for another church-wide outreach this coming Sunday, June 14th. What's today? It's today singles are firing us up for Jesus. From 1 to 3. You can join this, by the way. 
The unique aspect is that it will include three different parts, worship, prayer, and intercession in and around Rogers Park, right next to here. This is a family-friendly event. Thank you, singles, for making it a place for all people, by the way. Uh, and families can come after church, eat and play and connect with others, bring your own lunch. It was incredibly successful last time. We had a couple of families who joined us and the children practiced boldly sharing Jesus with our Brighton neighbors who received the message. Whether you can come for 30, 45, or 60 minutes, come join us. We hope to see you there. Love, Jenny Bolte and Gigi Marvin. A couple of singles that are firing us up for Jesus. I didn't write that email. I was just trying to survive this week. If Jenny and Gigi didn't send it, I'm going to bed right after this. Well, actually, I've got something else, but I, no way. Praise God for you singles. And that's just two people of many singles here that fire me up for Jesus. Praise God for you. Thank you that you can do things such a wonderful way. And we will close here with this. Singles move us forward in the church. I want to ask the band to come forward. Much of the forward movement in our church in previous centuries has been done by single adults. Particularly a couple of my friends, Heather Alcuri, her name was Heather Mercer at that time, and Dana Curry Masterson were used powerfully, dear friends, intimate friends of mine, by the Lord, being imprisoned for 104 days in Afghanistan as single women and broken out of prison in 2001, and much, not the only ones, but used as a central purpose in, uh, in God's heart to break Afghanistan open for Jesus. Praise God. There's others. How about Mother Teresa? Right? Agnes Bakhtai or something like that was her name. Sisters of Charity served the poor of Calcutta. I'm telling you, nations trembled for her love for Jesus. She stood, I believe it was 1994, before a Christian prayer breakfast with the administration in power at that time. She spoke and hearts trembled. A single woman who had devoted herself to Jesus and said, I'm going to give it. Man, she's challenged us. She's challenging us today to move forward in caring for those who the world has forgotten. Praise God for Mother Teresa. Amy Carmichael. This woman lived for 55 years without a furlough in India. And she lived there uh, and she moved us forward. She adopted children that were orphans. And she moved us forward as a church in sharing the good news of Jesus with those who have never known. And she wrote a lot of books, one of them being If, if you have interest in reading anything. But don't read Amy Carmichael if you don't want to be challenged to the core of your being. Do read her if you'd like to. Jackie Pullinger was a woman used at 19 years of age. She went to Hong Kong and lived among uh, heroin-using uh, people in a place called the Walled City. And she was used mightily by God to see hundreds of people delivered from heroin, set free. This is a single woman the whole time. She got married and her husband passed away soon afterwards, like 20 years down the road. And she's still serving him as a single there in Hong Kong for the glory of Jesus. But she was used mightily. But I want to close with this illustration. And then I want us to give our hearts to Jesus. You know, many singles have moved the church forward in dramatic ways that are chronicled for all of us to see such as these ladies I'm mentioning today. Do you notice ladies is a common theme? Come on, guys. Come on, Jeff. Let's rise up and be the men God's called us to be. But you know, many more singles are making significant contributions that are moving the church forward in ways only known to a few people. But all of heaven knows it. I want to tell you one last story and we're going to move into response. I have a friend of mine 
that I got to know a number of years ago in Texas. His name is Mike. Mike was an interesting guy. He was an interesting fellow. You could hear him laugh in the congregation. It was a fairly large congregation with this hilarious laugh, but it kind of awkward, you know. You're like, <laughs> he really, <laughs> or something like that. And I'd be like, he was about maybe 50, really old like I am now, you know, about, I'm 48, I'm sorry. But he, he was, he had this joy, this effervescent joy, and he, I was really drawn to the guy. And so one night I went over to his house, he was out of town a little way, and I began to eat, I, I ate dinner with him, he made a dinner for me, and we began to talk. And I said, Mike, tell me about you. And he went on and he told me that for 20 years he was rejected by his family as a Jew because he'd given his life to Jesus. He prayed every day for his family for 20 years. And on his dad's deathbed, he hadn't talked to his parents in 20 years. His dad called him in and said, we've been watching you come up to New York and talk to us. He led his dad to Jesus and his mom came to Jesus the same night by watching a a televangelist on TV. One night after 20 years, but he'd been rejected. But then we, he went on, and the story really took a turn here. He said, I was married. He mentioned his wife. I said, you were married? What are you talking about? I never knew anything about this. He said, yes, I was married. Six weeks into our marriage, my wife was hit by a drunk driver head on, and she died. I said, oh my goodness, Mike. How in the world... Did you deal with that? He said, I'll be honest with you, I was bitter for a time. I was not happy about it. He said, but finally God gave me grace to work it through. I made my peace with God and peace with those around me and I found that I was able to be extremely effective in youth ministry. Kids could call me all throughout the night and I would counsel them on the phone. I could be given to God's purposes and uh, like never before. And I said, oh my goodness. He said, you know, I found I would have never in a million years chosen to lose my wife, to be a single man. That's not what I would have ever chosen. But God's used it mightily and powerfully for the blessing of the church. And I said this last thing to him, and we'll close with this. I said, Mike, that is awesome and that is inspiring. But what in the world do you do, man? You have to get lonely, especially six weeks into your marriage. Just it's gone. He said, you know, Jeff, I do get lonely. There are times I get very lonely. He said, and I've decided a long time ago that when I get lonely, I'm going to think of someone more lonely and I give them a call. Let's stand. Let's remember today as we respond that singles fit in the church in a unique way. And I want, I want us as people, if we've created any kind of environment as marrieds or singles, that <laughs> has not given them the sense, in any sense, that you're a second-class citizen, I want to say, first of all, I repent in any way you've gotten an impression. Because you're a first-class calling as a single for however long you're single. I also want to say this. Singles, fire us up for God. Thank you to all of our singles that are firing me up every day for Jesus. Our CFTS students, our faith group leaders our young adults, our college students, thank you for being a living example to me. And singles, move us forward in God. I thank you for so many singles out there who are making, taking risks that I don't know about, that others don't know about, but all of heaven sees it. And you're moving us forward in Jesus.
I want us to respond to Jesus right now where the band's going to play. I'm just going to give us a chance, but I want to say this as our response piece. For the marrieds, I want us to evaluate these four areas in our lives of how we can move forward in making CFCF a place for singles. We want to be welcoming. Are we welcoming to singles? Are we not only welcoming, but inviting singles into our homes and welcoming them in with open arms? Are we being humble about it? Are we being serving of other singles? Are they just serving us? Just what we can get from them to take care of a kid or to to do this, that. I don't feel like that's the way it is, but we need to evaluate in our hearts and say, is there anything we can do to serve the singles better? We want to be inclusive. Whenever we're doing, we want to say, yes, singles, you're not only a part, you're, you're not a fifth wheel, you're a wheel within our wheel. You're within us. You're a part of us. And for singles, you need, I, I know this is a tough struggle. I struggle with it as a single, being content. But it is something God can give you grace for in this season if you'll pursue Him in it. To be prayerful. To be one who pursues God in prayer and the Word unlike you ever have before so that you're storing up for the days to come. To be serving. You are servants in our community. I just want to ask you to consider what God might say to you. Is there anything else you'd have me to do, Lord? If not, you need to get better at letting married couples serve you. And be in community. Are you being isolated? Oh, let's not only be in community, but create community for others. So we're going to have the band play right now. And I'm going to... um, just ask us, how do we become a place of grace, a place for all singles, create places of grace throughout our city? we be the family of God. God's called us to be a family. And a family has marrieds, singles, kids, young, old, rich, poor, all tribes and tongues. Let's be that family today. Let's create family wherever we go. I want to challenge us as a church today to move among ourselves and pray for one another, to minister to one another. Don't wait for the professional clergy to do it you are empowered by god to do something mighty in god let's worship him and others may have words as we go but let's worship the lord jesus let's respond in our own hearts if you want to come forward you can respond or grab someone to pray with you and let's turn to one another and pray for healing in our hearts and grace in our community be a place for singles that changes the nation